chapter 12, verse 1. At that time, Michael, the great prince who watches over your people, will rise, and there will be a time of distress unlike any from the nation's beginning up to that time. But at that time, your own people, all those whose names are found written in the book, will escape. And many of those who sleep in the dusty ground will wake, some to everlasting life, and others to shame and everlasting abhorrence. But the wise will shine like the brightness of the heavenly expanse, and those bringing many to righteousness will be like the stars forever and ever. In these verses, God is showing that this time is temporary. There will come a day that God will send Michael, and Michael will deliver the people. And this one could foreshadow to all time periods. And there seems to be a more general metaphorical language of the the dead will rise and they will no longer sleep and that they will shine like stars. This is one of the very few places that actually talks about what our heavenly body will look like, a shining like the stars. And it could be the idea that eventually all kings will fall. Now, this is looking forward to the future of a final defeat of evil. But that doesn't mean the previous verses were about the Antichrist, because this isn't talking about the Antichrist. This is talking about the end. And that's not uncommon, too. Many places in the prophets, we saw God talking about the Assyrians and the Babylonians, but then he immediately jumped to the future of a day where all evil would be destroyed, and God would set up his righteous, everlasting kingdom. And that was not uncommon for God to go from the Assyrians to the end of evil when God would come. You talk about the Babylonians, go to the end of evil when the God would come. And that makes sense here. We've just talked about the next empire that is absolutely evil. And now God is looking towards the future and saying, just as Antiochus IV will end, so will all kings come to an end. And I will eliminate them all. And in those days, those who are dead will have life. Those who were killed by these jacked up evil kings. Because here's the question. Yeah, God... You brought Antiochus IV to an end, and the Jews that lived after him didn't have to experience that. But what about all the Jews that died under him? What about them? Don't you care about them? And God is saying, this too shall pass. Eventually, Antiochus IV will die, and all kings will fall, and those will go on living. But even the death that they experienced at the hand of Antiochus IV and all kings, this too shall pass. Because those who believe in God, they will come back to life. And their bodies will shine like the stars. And so what God is looking at is, your argument, yeah, but they died, doesn't work. Because my argument is, yeah, but I will raise them from the dead. And what is death in light of resurrection? So the wise who did not compromise, the wise who saw Hellenization for what it really was, and they're willing to sacrifice even to the point of dying, the wise will shine as a brightness in heaven. And that's what God is saying. And so it doesn't matter whether we will come through the end of this suffering because God will bring it to an end or whether we die as a result of the suffering and then we will come through it because of our resurrection. Now, frankly, as a human, I really like to see the I live through it and see a good, comfortable America again. But at the same time, if I really have my faith in Christ, then even if this kills me, then resurrection is around the corner. And so this is what God is saying, is eventually this will pass. 
Because no matter what sickness you have or what struggle you have, God will heal you. God will heal you eventually. But you, Daniel, close up these words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many will dash about and the knowledge will increase. Sound like America? We have more knowledge than ever before and we're dumber than ever before with low, so little wisdom and we're dashing around everywhere. I, I, I think the best analogy that I've ever heard of our life in America is we're that silver ball in a um, pinball machine. Like, or, um, right? Did I just say that right? Yeah. And we're just all these lights flashing and all these bumpers and you get smacked with a paddle and you get knocked over to a soccer practice and then knocked over to this program, knocked over to this program at work and then knocked over to this family reunion and we're just like ding, 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 ding in the American life. And unless you say no, that's all you are is a ball amongst paddles and bumpers and flashing lights in your face. Ooh, this is fun. And that's really the American life until you say no, no, no. And that's kind of, there will be much knowledge and lots of dashing around. That's what I think of. I, Daniel, watched as two others stood there, one on each side of the river. And one said to the man clothed in the linen who was above the waters of the river, when will the end of these wondrous events occur? Then I heard the man clothed in linen who was over the waters of the river as he raised both his right and left hands to the sky and made an oath by the one who lives forever. It is for a time, times and a half time. So how long will the tie gets to the fourth last? Three and a half years. Is um, Then when the power of the one who shatters the holy people has been exhausted, all these things will be finished. I heard. But I did not understand. So, yeah, because we are have hindsight, and this is still hard to understand. Sir, what will happen after these things? He said, "Go, Daniel, for these things matter. For these matters are closed and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, made clean, and refined, but the wicked will go on being wicked, and none of the wicked will understand." though the wise will understand. And from the time of the daily sacrifices removed and from the abomination that causes desolation is set in place, there will be 1,290 days. Blessed is the one who waits and attains to the one, 1,335 days. But you should go on your way until the end and you will rest. And then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive what you have been allotted. The arising is his resurrection. Now, this is a powerful way to end Daniel. This is an amazing way to end Daniel. What God is saying is that eventually this will all pass. For us in the moment, we're like Daniel. We see these things and it drains us of our energy. We get depressed. We lose hope. We despair. We wonder how long this is going to happen. We're like, God, this doesn't make sense. I understand it. And whether we're watching it on the news or seeing it in a vision from God, we're like, this doesn't make sense. And this is exhausting me. Okay? There, there's nothing fun about watching this stuff anymore. There's nothing entertaining. And it's absolutely de- drain depressing. And what God is saying is, blessed are those who have wisdom. The wicked will not understand it, but the wise will, and the wise will live. Now, what does that mean? It does not mean that if you don't understand what's happening right now and you didn't get 
the debates didn't make any sense to you and you couldn't figure out why this is happening in America and what's going on, it doesn't mean you're wicked because you don't understand these things. What it means is the wicked see this and put all their hope in the circumstances of these empires. And they're caught up in all of this and they will die. But the wise understand that ultimately Yahweh is king. And this too will pass. It doesn't mean the wise fully understand all the events that are happening in the culture around them. What it means that they understand that their allegiance is to Yahweh above any political party. And therefore their hope is in Yahweh above any political slogan or campaign message. And eventually all presence will fall. But Yahweh will keep going on and he will take care of us. And we will either die not seeing the end, the second coming of Christ, or we'll be resurrected to it. And our wisdom and our faith, despite how difficult it might be to remain faithful and hopeful and committed without compromise to the Hellenization that we live in, God will reward you. God will reward you. And it's not a reward of a big mansion where we get to play football. It's a reward that we will be in the presence of God and a good and healthy and content and joyful and peaceful and restful relationship where we will truly feel our true value for all eternity. And that's what God is pointing to. That's what the wise will see. And so when you're lying there or sitting there and the depression begins to come in or the hopelessness or the, oh my goodness, or you're looking up what country to flee to, then know that God, God has already seen all this. And here's the thing. We don't need God to predict every single event of the king of the north, the Republican Party, and the king of the south, the Democratic Party to know that he's in control because as dry as this might have been for some of us, it's incredibly exciting that if God can do it that detailed for that jacked up scenario, then he can do it for this time to period too. And he's already dealt with it all. God only has to predict the future one time before you realize he can do it. Okay. If somebody can flip three times off of a diving board and go into the water, you don't need to say, I need to see it ten more times before I can believe it. You know they can do it. And that's what God is saying. I can do this. Trust me. And this is the point that Daniel is making. So the whole point is that Yahweh is sovereign. There is so much pride and boasting in our world. And there's a lot of them who can back it up with a lot of things. I mean, humans are not pathetic in their ability. Humans have accomplished great things and wondrous things. And so wonder why people believe the boasting and following it. But eventually, all of them do fail. And all of them can go and go so far. And so God is reminding us that he is ultimately sovereign. And this is the warning. If you buy into your autonomy... And you start saying, I'm going to write a law for myself. And I'm going to do it my way. And I'm going to just do it. And I'm going to follow my heart. 
And what's true for me is true for me. If you're starting to be tempted into that and thinking like that, the constant slogans of America that are bombarding, then you will give over to self-glorification. And when you begin to look at yourself as the authority, as the law, I can fix my problems. If you want to do it right, then do it yourself. And if you fail, then try, try, try again. Now, there is some truth to those things, but we carry them too far. Then what will happen is you will begin to self-glorify yourself and you will turn into a beast. And you will merely follow your instincts for your own self-preservation. As a result, you will devour the people around you. You will either devour them in the fact that you emotionally abandon them because you're focused on other things like your career or your money or your hobbies. You'll devour them in the fact that you'll suck all the money or the energy from your family or your corporation to dive it into yourself, leaving other people. You'll devour them in the fact that you just abandon those who are in need and you don't give to charities. Or you devour them to the point that you become so narcissistic that you actually intentionally use people around you in order to get ahead. Because you've become a beast and a self-glorification. And you're no longer the image of God. And the only way to truly be the image of God, the only way to truly be human, is to surrender to the Spirit and allow Him to take over and allow Him to guide you and allow Him to lead you. And we saw that. Every single king who narcissistically made their own laws and began to self-worship themselves, they were devoured. And they devoured the people around them. But Daniel who constantly was led by the Spirit of God, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were brought, king after king after king, they kept moving through. And God preserved them. And even the Jews who die, they're going to be resurrected. To truly be the image of God, to truly be human, is to surrender to the leading of the Spirit and allow Him to direct your path. Anything else is to be a beast. That is the point that the Bible is making here in the book of Daniel. Let's close in prayer. Lord, I just thank you so much for who you are. And I thank you for the book of Daniel. More than any other book in the Bible, I think, this just totally reveals who kings truly are and exposes them for their failure and their temporariness and their lack of ability to fulfill what they promise. And that in contrast to that, you are so superior to any promise that they make, to any power that they have, to any longevity that they have, to any stability that they have. And I pray that no matter how shiny and attractive the promises and the things of the world are to us, especially in this day and age, that we would be able to submit ourselves to your spirit and keep our eyes on you so that you will so that we will be able to have the eyes and the ears to truly see and hear what these things really are and where they come from and what they're really saying so that we will come out on the other side refined and not destroyed in the fire that we can look back and see that all this has passed through us and beyond us. And all that remains is us and Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.